It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The good news keeps rolling in on Kemba Walker and his knee. He says he's in a good place. I've got that plus an Isaiah Thomas story you might have forgotten from 2015. Our deep dives continue on this Thursday. Locked on Celtics. Milk. Let's go. Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance. Back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global, but it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's is the best way. Melly. Hey there, John Corrales here from MassLive.com. I am their Boston Celtics beat reporter. I want to thank you for joining the show. We're here for you Monday through Friday. Thank you for making this part of your daily routine. If you're a regular listener, if you're a first-time listener, welcome aboard. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed it enough to subscribe, follow on Spotify, all of that good stuff. Today, we heard from Kemba Walker. This is not when I usually release the podcast. Usually the podcast is, is out like right at midnight for everybody to listen to in the morning. I waited today because I knew there was going to be an 11 a.m. media availability. And I know that tomorrow, Friday, the Celtics are playing basketball. So I don't normally do Friday post-game podcasts. I usually just wait until Monday. But this is the first time they've played in four months. Even though it's a scrimmage, I felt like a post-game podcast was in order. So I shifted the times Thursday, Friday, so we can accommodate all of that stuff. Today, segment one, Kemba Walker, his knee, Brad Stevens talks about that. In segments two and three, Mike Dynan and I from RedsArmy.com continue our conversation about the 2015-16 Celtics, and I've got a fun story. If you don't remember or you didn't hear it about Isaiah Thomas and just what a cool guy he was, we're going to talk about the grit behind this Celtics team. And a little bit about Jared Sullinger, who looked so promising, but just couldn't really put things together. That's all segments two and three. All of this is brought to you by today's sponsor, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com. Kemba Walker and Brad Stevens were the media availabilities uh, today at the Walt Disney World bubble. Brad Stevens says that everybody practiced, including Kemba Walker, including everybody. Everybody went through it. Everyone participated fully. So that's great news. Step one, the great news is everyone played. Then Kemba Walker came out. I would normally try to share this audio, but so you know, and I think everybody does know, these are all done over Zoom calls. And certain areas in where they do these Zoom calls, the audio is better than others. The audio for Kemba was just not great at all. So I feel like me playing it for you, you weren't going to get the full effect. So for this rare instance, me telling you what he said is better than me playing for you what he said. I normally try to play the audio, but oh well. Anyway, point is, he says that uh, the knee feels good. Uh, He wants to play. By the way, he's not playing in the scrimmage tomorrow. 
That's step one. The Celtics are holding him out, not because of any pain, but that's part of their plan. But he wants to play tomorrow. He would play tomorrow if it was up to him. So that's good. But he says, quote, I'm good, man. I feel really good, actually. Really fun to get out there with my teammates. The knee feels good. I'm trending upwards. After what I do each day, the knee feels well. I'm in a good place right now, end quote. That is positive. So we know that the layoff, he said the layoff helped his knee, and apparently it did. He clarified that it felt good going back to the individual workouts, but then it flared up again. So even though he wasn't feeling any pain during that time off, he comes back and he's like, yeah, I feel good. I don't know if he went too hard or if it was just something that was going on in his knee. Point is, he came back to those individual workouts and the knee didn't feel good anymore. But they put him on this plan and he says, it's it's working. Uh, and another quote from him, I think I'll be fine. Like I said, my trainers are really good. Brian, Dolan, Armand, all trainers, by the way, parenthetically, uh, continuing here. I'm working with those guys continuously every single day to get me back on track. Big shouts to those guys because they're helping me tremendously right now. I definitely appreciate those guys. It's all about the maintenance and me staying on top of everything, staying on top of my treatment, my recovery, things like that. I'm just trying to my best to be mindful of that. But he says that this was a good call. This was the right thing to do. He says that it he's, he's confident in everything and that his knee is getting to a point where he can he, he feels good after each workout. So that's your Kemba Walker update. Some fun things that he, as he was talking to us, Donovan Mitchell walks by and he's like, Hey, what's up spider. And then that's like the, that's spurred on Twitter. All of the, Hey, tampering. Woohoo. Let's go. Donovan Mitchell, the guy that everybody wants the Celtics to tamper with happens to walk by Kemba Walker's, uh, zoom availability. Uh, and they have like a little inter- interaction during which Kemba needs to a question repeated to him because he was he was busy talking to Donovan Mitchell. So uh, in case you see any reports, any people on Twitter saying you know talking about tampering, that's that's what uh, that's what that was. So the big news, and, and there wasn't really much news coming out of the availabilities, is that Kemba feels good. He feels ready. Uh, to play, but the Celtics still have him on a plan. He agrees with the plan. The knee is not feeling any pain. He's trending upwards, and he's in a good place. I feel like I'm I'm repeating a couple of things just because I want to make sure that this is is getting relayed that Kemba's walk Kemba Walker's knee feels good. We are relying on what they're telling us. I can't go and see it. I can't because I'm not in the bubble, so I can't see what is is really happening. So until we see what Kemba Walker is doing, how he's playing, how he looks, we have to sort of take them at their word. That's the best thing I can do. And because I'm on the Zoom calls every day, I can only relate to you what they said. But the positivity is is pretty good. So any level of concern that I had for Kemba's knee, which was people asked me on a scale of 1 to 10, I put somewhere at a 5 earlier, it's down to like a 3 or a 4. And just because I I haven't seen it. And if we see him in a scrimmage, maybe in a couple of days, two, three days, if we see him play and he looks good and he's got that burst, then we drop it down to like a one or a two and hope that it, that level of play doesn't bring back a another flare up. 
So that's where I am with Kemba's knee. That's your Kemba's knee update. I feel good about it. I also feel good about rockauto.com. If you need anything for your car at all, rockauto.com just makes perfect sense because there are so many cars out there, so many different styles, so many different makes and models. There's a ton more than when I was growing up. I can't imagine going to some strip mall in one of these chain stores and having having them have everything in stock. If they're going to order something that I need for my car, why don't I just order it myself and get it direct from rockauto.com, cut them out, cut out the middleman, cut down the price. That's why rockauto.com is the place for you to go. Did you know that those chain stores give professional mechanics a break on prices? They do. RockAuto does not. Same price for everybody at rockauto.com. They're reliably low and they're always the lowest prices possible. They do not change based on what the market will bear like an airline ticket. That doesn't even make any sense. The part is the part and the price is the price. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto parts and body parts. Everything from something complicated like an engine control module to something simple like motor oil, a new carpet, windshield wipers. It's all at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now and check it out. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we're back with our discussion, our continued discussion on the 2015-16 season. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can even follow us on Spotify. Our deep dives continue my discussion with Mike Dinan of RedsArmy.com. We pick it up with more on Isaiah Thomas and the debate over whether he should start. You know, he was uh, fantastic at sixth man. Uh, And as you pointed out, he was in the game at the end. That's when it mattered the most. And maybe he that was the role that he was best suited for. Why not keep playing it that way as long as everything's good? I mean, he averaged 32 minutes a game that season, uh, 2015-16. And... That was uh, the year before with the Celtics, he had averaged 26 minutes. So now he got six more minutes per game, and he made a payoff. I mean, I, I think at, at a certain point it became obvious that he needed to be in the starting lineup 
and play more minutes than he had been. And I'm sure that I don't remember exactly, but I am sure that there was some injury involved that put him into the starting lineup because these were the pending hospital Celtics. They always had injuries. So, you know, he, the opportunity opened up for him and he just jumped right in. Yeah. His first, his first start, 27 points, seven assists. Although he had 27 points and seven assists off the bench in the, the opening game that season. So, um, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he was, he's going to do this no matter what. Um, he played, yeah, he played 29 minutes, basically 29 minutes off the bench, and he played 35 minutes in that first start. But he did. He made the most of that opportunity. Um, it's not like he played last, that, that next season. The next season is the most magical season, and we'll mm. talk about that. But like, yeah. but he had stretches here. I mean, he, he scored 30, 30 or more points 10, 10 times that season. 25 or more, 24 times that season, and 20 or more, uh, 58 times that season. So he put up numbers. He put up the stats, and he was still get, getting assists. He had eight, 10 plus assist games in that in that year. And if you bring it down to like seven, he had 39, seven plus assist games. So like he he was finding guys, and and also. Because there was a little bit more continuity, guys like Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder had a, a big year that season, uh, one of the best of his career, uh, and was shooting at least decent from three and took enough of them where it, it worked out for him. Uh, and and he, he, I don't know, I, I don't know what to say about Isaiah Thomas. Like, he, he just all of a sudden became a revelation like, he found his groove. He found his purpose. He found he found his city. It was like everything was starting to come together, and people were really, really, really loving Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, well, what was there not to love? He was uh, a folk hero. You know, he was the guy that you could identify with. He was five foot nine, generously, and the the sixtieth and final pick of the draft in the year he that he came out of college and well, you know, that's just like the common man making it big as a star in the NBA as every fan's dream. Why wouldn't you root for the guy? I, a lot of people, fans of other teams, let me clarify, you know, didn't think much of him because they figured how could he possibly do anything? He's five foot nine or five foot eight, whatever he was. And, uh, they didn't take him that seriously, but god damn, the guy was incredible. And as you said, next the next season was just unbelievable. I, when we talk about that, it's going to be great because there is so much to love about what he did in Boston and all that he went through during his time here. He was he was just awesome and overcoming the odds like it was like a movie. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't end well for him leaving here, but geez, nobody would ever give up the time that he spent in a Celtics uniform. No, my favorite, my favorite Isaiah Thomas story came later in 2016 when he was in Cambridge and he saw a kid shooting baskets by himself. So, um, I forget why he was even in Cambridge. Uh, I guess, I guess his kid was in school there or something. 
So he comes out and there's this kid just shooting by himself. So he just walks over to the park and the kid is the kid shooting turns around and sees Isaiah Thomas and like is dumbfounded. And Isaiah's like, uh, give me the ball. Let's shoot. And he shot around with this kid and he puts, puts a picture on, on Instagram and like, you know, they're out there for 10 minutes just shooting around. Like, can you imagine this 14 year old kid turning around? It's like, um, you're, and at that point he had just come off the, the, the this all-star season and it just, I can't imagine being that kid. And I also can't imagine like Isaiah Thomas just being able to walk on over there and it's like, yeah, let's, let's, let's roll. Well, he's a, he's just a nice guy from all accounts. He's a great person and he's lovable. And he, as I was saying, he's just like an average person who can play basketball among the best players in the world. And, uh, of course he was going to do something like that to burnish the legend. You know, that was part of it as he was the little guy, the man of the people, the little guy, the little guy. I love it. Um, I want to point out, like, I want to, this is Jared Sullinger's last, um, this is last really, well, we're talking about 15, 16. This is his last season with the Boston Celtics. Uh, He leads the Boston Celtics in rebounding. And uh, he, the Jared Sellinger era was really interesting in Boston. I feel like he could have been a guy that really did something. Uh, he could never really expand his range out to three. In this in this final season, he shot 28% from three. And the year before, he shot 28% from three. And he was taking three three-pointers a game. And I just remember this. Every time Jared Sullinger shot a three, it was like, oh, God, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, Jared? Like, that's not your shot. That's not your shot. Uh, but, and this is the interesting conundrum with Jared, with, with Jared Sullinger. It's not his shot, but I think he sees it, and I'm sure the team saw it, and I'm sure Danny Ainge saw it. Like, you need to be out there. You need to be out there shooting these threes because – if you can't hit those threes, then you can't space the floor. And this is right about the time where the floor spacing big is really, we're starting to see the, it's real importance. And he could never, uh, fully stay healthy enough and he could never stay in shape enough to put in the work necessary to go out there and shoot that shot and make that shot. And it's something that he even admitted, that back then he wasn't really mature enough to handle that situation. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. Um, it was really interesting because right about that time, like his father was his biggest cheerleader for a while. And then right about the time where things are starting to fall apart, he, you know, I even remember his father being on Twitter like, you know what? You make your own bed. And it's like, he kind of was like, we, we've been trying with Jared and it's just not, it's not hitting home. And, and even in this, I, I, I think Danny Ainge re-signed him, right? Like he signed him to a deal and then traded him. Uh, well, I know he ended up in Toronto. Um, let's see. I feel yeah. like he, he signed him to like a, didn't he sign him to like a no. one year deal? Am I wrong? No. According to the basketball reference page, he just, um, signed as a free agent with the Raptors. So I think the Celtics just let him go. His contract had expired. They didn't do anything with him. I thought, I thought there was a weight clause. Maybe it was the Raptors that put the weight clause in. I remember hearing something about Jaron Sullinger and a weight clause, but that's, that's part of the, the problem. I mean, he just never, yeah. he never got the good habits. He never, he never put in, um, the, the requisite amount of work. He had the legal problem and he, um, he just, he just faded away. Funny thing was, this season, 2015-16, he played 81 games, which was by far the most he had with the Celtics in any season. So he managed to stay healthy. His problem was usually that he was getting hurt, and that was stemming from his lack of of being in shape. And uh, But 81 games this year, but, you know, it was just not happening with him. Long term, he wasn't going to um, stick with the team. So he had um, he contributed and he had some memorable moments, but they moved on. So here's here's what I was talking about in the middle, like in March. Jackie McMullen had done a story, uh, and Ainge said he's not up to the standards he wants, and it's not up to the standards we think are in his best interest for the long term health of his career. Um, and he, I think he got hurt. Uh, and, and Sullinger was asked about the, the weight clause. Ainge said he had great interest, quote unquote, in re-signing Sullinger, but he likely would be subject to a weight clause in his contract. Sullinger said, I'm perfectly fine with that. It's not that I need it. The simple fact that I know what kind of person I am, I would never get back to the weight I was this season. Well, that's not true because he, he still basically the same weight, um, and it didn't. Like you said, it didn't work out. But it's yeah. a shame that it didn't work out because he was a really good rebounder, and I thought he. And it was always funny because I always thought he made great plays falling down. <laughs> He was always – whenever he fell down, he made a great play. It was really funny, like a great pass or something. Uh, I thought Sullinger – I thought Sullinger – it was a shame that Sullinger's career didn't pan out because he, I thought, uh, was was going to be a, a really good rebounder that the Celtics needed. I mean, you look at his, his per 36 numbers. He didn't play uh, – he played 20, 23 and a half minutes a game. 
And I think the per 36 numbers are important because if he could have ever gotten to up near those, his per 36 was averaging almost 13 rebounds a game. Now he wouldn't have done that. I don't think he would have ever played 36 minutes, but that's, that's what kind of rebounder he could have been. But yeah, he would post photos on Instagram of his off season workouts and every day he's sweating and working hard, you know, but then he'd come to the training camp and pretty much look like the same guy. So. It's funny how that yeah. works out. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, he, he he was great at taking charges. I do remember that. Yes, because he couldn't get up to block shots. <laughs> oh, oh, that's mean. That's true. Wow. It was. That's it was true. true. I'm not disputing it. It's just that was kind of mean. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was true. You can't get up to block shots. So you learn to take charges. That's how you protect the rim. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Avery Bradley was the second leading scorer this season. Uh, and is, is this Avery Bradley's last season there in Boston? No. No, he's he got was one more season. After that. It, was, yeah. it was after that following year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Avery Bradley, second leading scorer, averaged 15 points a game, 36% from three. Uh, we're really starting to see Avery Bradley come into his own uh, these past couple of seasons. Uh, Jake Crowder, like I said. Uh, I, I liked I liked this team. We talked about this in the past podcast. This team that had had attitude. Uh, they they really fought hard. And this, I mean, look at the number the names I'm reading off: Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, Evan Turner, Jared Sullinger, Kelly Olynyk, Marcus Smart, Amir Johnson. Uh, that 21 year old Marcus Smart you mentioned already is you know obviously not not going to be hitting. Uh, not hitting threes yet. That's not a good team, especially now with history. You look back on it, and you're like, how did that team do anything? It's not a great team, but they they had great results because I think you know between Isaiah Thomas's will and the grit that these guys showed that they would fight for wins and the Brad Stevens coaching. This is really when Brad Stevens is becoming like. This is, I think, might be the season that people start getting annoyed with how Brad Stevens is per- is perceived, because they're like, you haven't won, sh- you haven't won shit. Uh, this is your first winning season, and people are like worshiping you in Boston, like a you know, like you've done something. But it's another season where the expectations were low and the results were high. Um, and that, that combination of things between those players and, and the, the, the attitude and, and the coaching like that, that all combined to make them overachiever, overachievers and very lovable overachievers. Yeah. The, that was the first season that Brad really got some, uh, some love about his ability as a coach. Um, they were taking baby steps, you know, the year before they had won 40 games this year, 48. And we will see when we talk about it that they kept going up and a little at a time improvement and he- heading in the right direction. The, uh, the knock on Brad by the critics who had to have something to knock him about was, well, you haven't even won a playoff series yet. Well, they had only been in one playoff series and it was against the Cavs with LeBron. So yeah, let's see what happens. When we pick up this conversation, It will be the beginnings of Marcus Smart's first taste of being a stretch six. 
that playoffs, the 2015-16 playoffs, when we get into the Atlanta Hawks series, you will see Marcus Smart defending Paul Millsap and taking him out of what was a huge performance. Uh, that's a kind of like a landmark spot in, in Marcus Smart's career. So that's coming up when we pick this up again tomorrow. I'm going to do a post game locked on Celtics podcast on the first scrimmage. It's a little bit different. So again, there won't be a podcast in the morning. The Friday podcast will come out after the scrimmage. And so you'll listen to that either on your, your way home or whenever that scrimmage is over uh, tomorrow night over the weekend, but I'm doing a post game podcast for Friday. Just keep that in mind for everybody who is a new listener who hasn't subscribed yet. Really appreciate you going and subscribing. We exist everywhere podcasts live. However you listen to a podcast, that is where you can find Locked On Celtics. You can even follow on Spotify. Those of you regular listeners who have not given a five-star rating and a good written review, please do that because it's very, very helpful. Everybody asks you, but it really is uh, a way to help this show grow and help the show bring in more ads and help the show kind of make some money. And that's how I'm asking you to pay me. I'm never going to ask you for money directly, but I am asking for those five-star ratings in a good written review because that's all I need, baby. Thank you very much. And we'll be talking to you on the next episode, the Friday post-game podcast. That's been the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thanks for listening. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.